Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Red Carpet Cafe. I am one of your hosts, Eric Root. And I am your other host, Bree Pro. Alright, well Bree, it's another week upon us. Another COVID week, of course. And um, what would be your preferred concession? For this a hazmat suit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, for this particular movie, uh, I can tell you what I was going to bring. Okay. Versus what I'm really going to have. I was going to bring some pickle juice because that sounded really good today. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, that stuff's amazing. Have you? Have you? Do you ever just like buy a jar of, of dill pickles and then just drink from the jar? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it's I phenomenal. Have... I have two mason jars of pickle juice from the last giant one that I got. The pickles are gone, but I still got the juice. Yeah, but see, fun fact, I learned this uh, specifically a year and a half ago, that especially if you go working out, if you ever get like leg cramps or charley horse, if you go and drink some pickle juice, it magically relieves it within just a few moments. It's amazing. Mm. Love it. And it comes in really handy. You know, you ever get that like 3 a.m. like, ah, oh, Charlie Horse, ah, oh, it's killing me. Yeah. Grab Heck that, yeah. Grab that pickle juice, take a swig off of it like it's grandpa's cough syrup. And I swear <laughs> to God, that stuff will fix that, uh, that problem right away. So I have a special concession today. Oh, Lord. I, I do. Let's I do. have it. it. It is not just regular Oreo. Not just a double stuff Oreo. It is gluten-free Oreo. Gluten-free. <laughs> Apparently, it's like a new thing. Have you had one yet? Does it uh, taste good? <laughs> I have. It, it's funny. It tastes like uh, an Oreo, but different. No, I don't know. I don't know. what is glu- what is, an Oreo. What does gluten taste like? I mean, seriously, though. I'm sure gluten is what was going to kill you in this thing and not the, you know, not the caloric amounts of sugar. The, <laughs> the caloric intake from uh, the uh, cream itself. But for those who uh, can't do gluten or if you're in a personal war uh, against the, uh, the evil gluten, Oreo now makes a gluten free, not just oh double stuff, but regular Oreo as well. And the only thing I can tell. Is it has like a different shine to the cookie? You can't really like the listeners can't see it, but I mean, otherwise it just looks like an Oreo. Yeah, the imprint looks different than another than the regular Oreos. Yeah, I think it's hieroglyphics on it to say gluten free. <laughs> I could be wrong, but otherwise, honestly, when I tried it, it didn't really taste that much different. I mean, Oreo and milk, Oreo and water. If you don't want to do lactose oh Um, oh my gosh but it's uh now being carried at a major grocery retailer near you but anyways other than the uh gluten-free product there which i really don't usually partake in but i had a coupon thanks ibotta um we're going to talk about a movie called infinite starring mark Wahlberg. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. No, it's not that specific one. Um, <laughs> so this movie, the film was originally uh, digitally released on Paramount Plus, June 10th of this year. There was several delays 
from its original August twentieth, uh, August twenty twenty theatrical release, thanks to COVID nineteen, and uh, it received some seriously negative reviews um, from critics who criticized the performances, the screenplay, and some of them have compared it, unfortunately, to other films like The Matrix. Mm, I could see it. Like I could, I could understand the the take on that okay you know i went into it with an open mind i'm one that likes the sci-fi genre in general really i would yes i know right i mean it's no star wars nothing is but this movie had a lot of potential i mean you just like if you watch the trailer you see some funky things taking place. Some of it looks like it might be in the past. Some of it might look like it's in the future. I'm sure there's time travel involved or not. But I thought it had uh, a lot of potential. And I'm okay with most of Mark Wahlberg's films. Uh-huh. Most of them. But I have to say, you ever notice with the Mark Wahlberg film? that he always has that same look on his face like the pissed off look like he never seen Mark Wahlberg just strolling up smiling unless it's a, <laughs> unless it's a comedy that's not the other guys with Will Ferrell otherwise he always looks like he has almost like a like a resting bitch face if you will RBF <laughs> kinda <laughs> And that's what I saw a lot of in this film. That I guess you could call it traditional Mark Wahlberg kind of like annoyed look whenever he's talking to anybody. Even when he's learning about the story itself or, or the backstory of you know the past of, of who these people believe that his character is. Mm-hmm. But um, it, the movie itself starts in 1985. Mexico City character Heinrich Treadway is trying to escape the authorities and a specific man named Bathurst and he and his associates Abel and Leona speak about an item called an egg which Treadway had stolen from Bathurst Um, Treadway tells Abel that if he doesn't survive the latter must remember to quote look inside he drives off a bridge jumping from his car in midair and onto a crane 150 feet away. However, Treadway watches helplessly as Bathurst arrives and kills Abel and Leona. Flash forward to 2020. You got Mark Wahlberg's character, Evan McCauley, suffers from schizophrenia because of past institutionalization and violent behavior. He can't get a job. Needing meds, he forges a katana for a local gangster, even though he was never trained as a bladesmith. And after the deal goes south... Evan makes his escape, but is later arrested. A man at the police station introduces himself as Bathurst. He starts to refer to Evan as Treadway and claims that they've known each other for centuries. And that's kind of how the film gets rolling. It's kind of like this reincarnation belief that Mm -hmm. these people have held all these past lives and they've known each other and they keep trying to find each other. The bottom line is, is... Bathurst is trying to destroy the world. He wants it to end because he doesn't want to be... Reincarnated. Reincarnated, quote, immortal again. 
What do you got in this film? Um, I didn't realize what the years were. So, in here, and you say that it was 1985, and then to two uh, to 2020. That's very interesting because we don't really. I guess later. Sorry, you just gotta walk with me through this journey of <laughs> my mind trying to make sense of this all. So there were a lot of things in this movie where I was like, huh? How? Not because it was sci-fi and in the world of sci-fi you can randomly, you know, do anything. Just um, logically, there were times where there just seemed holes in the story. Right. So you gotta walk with me through this. So, 1985, Treadway, at least as we see him, doesn't get killed. Correct. Abel and whoever Nora was previously. Right. We only really see Treadway, uh, uh, not Treadway, but Bathurst's gun. Yes, but and, and he shoots Abel and... Mm-hmm. Leona or whatever the heck her name was in 1985. Right. But but at some but Treadway gets hurt though. But doesn't but he dies because they cryofreeze his body. Correct. They keep him. They mm-hmm. keep his body. So at some point, Treadway dies after these events that we see in 1985. Mm-hmm. We don't really know when or necessarily how. So again, like you get, you gotta walk down this path with me for a second. <laughs> so, at some point, Evan is born, right? Right. Like nineteen eighty five is thirty five years Correct. from nineteen eighty five to twenty twenty. So, like Treadway must have at some point been killed in nineteen eighty five, and then like the second he died, immediately Evan was born. Well, I, I guess that's kind of what they're alluding to because I, I'm I figured Treadway dies because of that car wreck involving the crane. But so, he was on the crane, like he survived. He jumped and caught himself on the crane and watched Abel and Leona get killed. Right, but I'm I, I'm going. So then what the, kills him? I'm I'm going with the whole concept that what's what killed him was Bathurst at some point after that moment because everything kind of goes dark. And Bathurst was looking for the that egg, doesn't mm-hmm. find it in the car, doesn't find it on him, and then kind of just goes on. But as soon okay. as soon as Treadway dies, in theory, along with uh, his two friends, they are reborn somewhere else. Because even the couple, when um, when they turn around, Abel and Leona look at each other. You know, as they're about to die, they say, they say "You know, meet me at the beginning." Right. You know, I will find you. That type of whole concept. Mm-hmm. They. They go through the motions where it gets kind of confusing too is that once we get to a point where 2020 Leona 
who is has now gone, Nora. Right, who goes through the whole, you know, oh, I've, I've figured out, you know, who I was in the past life. Because there's two, I'm trying to remember, there was two qualifications of people. There were the believers and the nihilists, I believe is what the names were for those two. So the believers are the people who believe that they were reincarnated past life. Nihilists are the people who just want to end the world. Mm-hmm. They don't care about reincarnation. They want the world to burn. That's their plan. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and the believers, like what they're believing in, is that death isn't an ending. It's just on to the next thing. Right, and in some cases too, that they're still carrying on doing. You know, I guess you'd say God's work at that point. Because mm-hmm. even Bathurst, who's the leader of the Nihilists, he makes the comment that he prays to God every day, hoping to end it all. Mm-hmm. And uh, But God has never spoken to him. So he's got to do it himself. That's because he's never officially died and like gone to the pearly gates. Come on, man. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah. So there are, there are things within the movie that are seemed a little like low budget. From like an editing and um, effects, visual effects standpoint, and then just some some gaps in the storyline and the things that I feel like are the most important to pay attention to in this movie in order to learn what's going on, um, move really quickly. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you my cons first. Um, no, no, so, do keep. Do keep in mind that IMDb has rated it 5.4 out of 10. Mm-hmm. And Rotten Tomatoes has given it a paltry 16%. Now, now, that's like M. Night Shyamalan, the happening territory. That's like right M. There. Night Shyamalan, anything. Which <laughs> right. Totally random fact. And I'm really sorry that I'm even bringing this up because if you know me, you know. That M. Night Shyamalan is, like, at the bottom of my list. It's I had favorite. an M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> dream last night. Did Not, like, really? about him, but, like, about a situation that had happened and someone was like, oh, that's an M. Night, like, Shyamalan, you know, whatever, like, moment. And I was like, oh! Anyway, sorry, okay. that's totally, like... <laughs> As we digress. It's embarrassing that I even just said that. But You've been was... listening to the M. Night Shyamalan podcast <laughs> network anyways. Uh, and if anyone disagrees with me, fight me. I'm here. <laughs> All right. Or just go watch Old or go watch uh, The Happening. That was like the worst. Which coincidentally had Mark Wahlberg in it. It did. I did. And, and not to put too fine a point on it. I know we've mentioned it before. I liked the uh the sixth sense i did i actually like that film but anyways we're not talking about m night Shyamalan anymore let's get back to Wahlberg and his Wahlburger futuristic film have you had a Wahlburger? uh i have not actually oh, man. but the one that was here in orlando uh yeah closed i believe oh. permanently thanks to the pandemic oh but anyways um back to infinite back to infinite but also, you gotta get a Wahlburger and get that government cheese because it's delicious. All right, um, this episode was not sponsored in any way. But it could be, Paul, if you're listening, we would love for you to sponsor us. <laughs> All right. 
Um, anyway, sorry, I kind of yelled into the microphone. Sorry, listeners. Um, anyway, uh, cons. So I kind of mentioned like the, the plot hole. So in the editing and visual effects, um, we went down such a path. I can't even keep my thoughts. So I'm going to move on to actually a pro because I can't think of cons right now because I'm not Shyamalan. That's fine. Me. Okay. Give me, give me your pros on this. My one. pros. And oh, psh, eh, no, back to cons. I remember what I was saying now. I just had to look at a picture of the. You've been listening the to the ADHD <laughs> podcast network with your host Bree Proud. Anyways, <laughs> with me, myself, and I, all twenty-six of me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Squirrel. Stop it! Like, let me focus and get this thought out, man. All right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> um. I had mentioned previously that the moments that were supposed to be like important information seem to go by so quickly where like what we keep seeing and what I guess sort of makes things, I don't want to say confusing because if you watch the movie and you pay attention, like you understand and realize what's going on unless you just straight up don't understand movies, but it's still popping back and forth. So you have to pay attention and you keep seeing these like flashbacks of like um uh i can't even think of like a year that i would put on this but you see like like traditional geisha japan you see this sequence again and again and again with the car going off of this bridge um you see a ton of different things and the concept behind this like Mark Wahlberg's character is like you know have you have you ever just done something and not known how you you know it or how to do it but you just do and you know it's perfect right and that's while he while he's making that katana so you get these flashes of like him making the katana and then this um this uh, man in Japan making the katana centuries ago mm-hmm. um so you begin to understand like oh that must be who he was in a past life right right and but you but everyone keeps falling back on treadway and what is so kind of strange to me is that he's had so many lives but somehow they're focused on treadway right Mm -hmm. And so you learn about his background kind of in the beginning. He's going in for a job interview um, and he was institutionalized for a couple of weeks because he is apparently considered, he's diagnosed schizophrenic. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you learn later that he, when he was like reached puberty, he got institutionalized because he had carved the words look inside into his chest. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know you saw someone doing that you'd probably lock them up too most likely sure um i don't know i've never been in that situation but i think that that's what i think the best plan of action would probably be yeah i mean they Um, call that they call that type of person a cutter yeah even if it's you know not their not not words right um anyway total segue um so then he gets picked up because with the katana and uh, essentially kind of a drug deal gone wrong. He gets picked up by the police 
and these alerts go out. They go out to Bathurst, and they go out to the believers. Mm-hmm. And it's like a kind of a matter of who's going to get to him first. And Bathurst is like telling him, like giving him all these objects. What what belongs to you? Tell me what belongs to you. And he like doesn't understand. He doesn't understand any of the things that are going on. Like it doesn't make sense to him. And then right. he grabs things and he starts having these flashbacks. And then that's when he realizes, oh, like, this may have been mine. Somehow I'm connected to this, but I don't understand why. And then the believers come in, save the day, take him away. And they start explaining to him that he's Treadway. So the reason why they're so focused on Treadway is there's this egg. We talked about the egg before. Mm-hmm. And the egg is what Bat- Bathurst has created that will essentially kill anything that touches it. So, but all it takes is for one thing to touch it because once something touches it, it dies and whatever dies, whatever it's touching dies. And the more things that die, the faster it works. So it's, right. so until it, until it encompasses the entire planet. Exactly. The only thing is, is it looked like they had to have some kind of like detonation device. Mm-hmm. Like the only way I can equate it is if you go back to, uh, uh, what is it? The, um, <clears throat> Batman, movie with christian bale and the character bane where they have that big bomb in the back it looked like something that gigantic i mean you're talking about literally a tiny little metal type of egg literally an egg they had to put inside this big huge capsule and then send it up into space or into the air in order to drop detonate it Mm -hmm. it's it's complicated it's complicated Mm -hmm. so um so they get him to like whatever their safe site is that no one else knows about except for the believers. And then they start explaining what the life is for an infinite. So an infinite is anyone who is in fact, you know, like they're, they're reincarnated. They've lived multiple lives. So they go through like what that means and what that life is and the timeline of when you come to realize who you are or who you have been and all of your memories come back to you. Mm-hmm. And that's how you know to find everyone where his never fully came back to him and made sense to him. That's why he got institutionalized and they thought that he was schizophrenic. But they spend so little amount of time on that in this explanation where mm-hmm. suddenly like he goes into like this tank with um with the group and essentially like dies. And while he's dying, the memories come back and he wakes up and suddenly he just knows everything. Right. Is right. It was a little too bizarre and too fast moving. It was like, it was kind of like that moment in like writing where it's like, okay, here's the idea. And this is where we're starting. This is where we want to end. How do we get there? Well, we're going to build a bridge out of toothpicks and just sell it. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. Right. It's a, it's a toothpick of a story. And so I don't know, like that, that bothered me. Like I wanted, I wanted more understanding and knowledge as to how we got to where we are. Uh, you know, at some point there's like this wall with everyone's name on it. And it's, and it, what it is, is it's souls. Bath, Bathurst has been going and with this special gun that he has, he, he kills these infinites. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it has like a piece of the egg in it or what, but, but essentially, it tra- like, the bullet traps their soul. 
yes Mm -hmm. and so he like saves that and he's built this wall and like no one had any idea other than the fact that when nora came to be Mm -hmm. which used to be leona she realized when she went to the beginning that abel was never he never came back he was already dead Mm -hmm. whether that meant that he died before he had a chance to be reborn and meet her or you know what whatever but it isn't until like this moment i mean you see the wall at one point and you kind of get an idea of what it is right you just don't realize who all is in the wall well that and and you don't really understand what the wall is until you see him take one of those bullets and put it in Mm -hmm. a drawer on the wall and there's a name attached to it and then you see all of these names Mm -hmm. and you're like oh he's collecting them Mm -hmm. here's another thing that kind of like i was like "Uh uh-huh right is when that the particular soul that he gets when he is putting that bullet into the wall where you realize what's going on Mm -hmm. is the guy who um I don't even remember if he has a name, <laughs> to be honest. Um, you see him so little, but he's the one who gets the notification that a guy with a katana sword has been, or a katana, katana is a sword. Right. Mm-hmm. A little redundant. A man with a katana has been picked up by the police. We need to go and get him. He's kind of like the no, no not really know it all, but like he's like the all seeing guy, like right? the scout, I guess you would yes. say. Yeah, like he's he's the lookout for everything for the quote, so here good guys, the believers. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so here he is sitting in his in his home, and he's getting ready to make these calls because you know it's starting to hit the fan, mm-hmm. and he goes to like reach and reach for the phone, and they they shoot a crossbow at his hand so he can't reach the phone and then he turns around to try and hit an emergency button that's like this huge button just out in the open on his wall with the words emergency above it and as he's reaching for that another crossbow gets him like you're (laughs) telling me in 2020 when you've lived in all like and they have such sophisticated everything. Like, Their tech looked like it, it might... was far beyond 2020. Yeah, like that's why when you said 2020, I was like, interesting, because, you know, we're we're in 2021 now, and like this technology is like 4021, right? And and this is this is how you this is your bat signal, is this like do not push this button. Like, really? Like, ah, oh, that kind of bothered me. So, no, I could have been wrong on that year only because, you know, I was going through the um, foremost authority on the Internet known as Wikipedia. <laughs> so it could have been incorrect, but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it is correct because nothing's ever incorrect on the Internet. Thank you, Al Gore. But, <laughs> Thank you for giving us the Internet. <clears throat> uh, what are your pros for the film? <laughs> truthfully, well, uh, truthfully You're like, well it had a beginning and it had end credits that's positive <laughs> truthfully i have two i have okay. two pros all right one mark Wahlberg was in it and i i've never really even in the happening gosh I, like i need to i i need an m night Shyamalan to never ever be brought up in a podcast again please help me with that <laughs> anyway even in the happening, like, 
Mark Wahlberg performed and did the best he could with what he was given, right? Like he's, he makes it work, whatever it is, he makes it work, you know? I, and, and so for that, him being in this movie, I read somewhere that um, Chris Evans was um, up for, for grabs for this role and that there was a scheduling conflict. Again, it was on the internet. So how true that is, who knows? But I I read it. You did get a shirtless Mark Wahlberg in this film. You did. So there's a third pro. We're going back to my second pro. Okay. Um, Dylan O'Brien played Treadway that we see in these flashbacks. And as the movie goes on, the flashbacks become more like longer sequences than just this brief moment in time. And um, Treadway is again who evan mccauley mark Wahlberg's character was in a previous life right and again he's so significant because he was the last one to have the egg and he died being knowing the only location of the egg okay which is likely why they saved his body i don't know that's still weird that still doesn't totally make sense because can you imagine if every infinite's body was saved like how (laughs) anyway um what I thought was really, really cool was as you got to see Treadway more and got to see Evan more, mm-hmm. how well the two actors, again, that's Mark Wahlberg and Dylan O'Brien, worked together. Like mannerisms, reactions. Right. You could truly believe that this was, they were the same person just in separate lives. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool. I was very impressed with that. And that is all. Okay. That's, uh, that's, uh, I gotta tell you, the couple of pros for me in this film were a couple of the actors. Um, you had, uh, two MCU alumni in that film. Marvel Cinematic Universe, for those that aren't familiar with the acronym. Uh, I believe it's pronounced uh, Kiwetel Hiafor, played Bathurst. Do you know what Marvel movie he was in? No, but IMDb will tell me. Without looking it up on IMDb, because I'm going to beat you to it. He was in Doctor Strange. He played uh, Modor. He was Doctor Strange's kind of like training partner until the very end. Um, when suddenly, okay. when suddenly he's like, oh, too many sorcerers. And then uh, Toby Jones, recognizable right away. Toby Jones, mm-hmm. Doctor Zola from the Captain America First Avenger, and then also did the voice of Zola again uh, when I think it was Captain America Winter Soldier. So a couple of MCU alumni. That's why when you said Chris Evans, I'm like, yeah, he's probably grateful that he didn't do this film because even <laughs> though he's good, I don't know that I don't know that he would have made it better. It's still the same script. It just it, you know it is what it is. Um, touche. Cons I mean, from cons for me ahead. in this film. So. This film was a couple hours long, and it was rushed. 
You were I, I, mm-hmm. I'm right on the same page with you. I think this film would have been better served if it would have been done as like a an eight or ten episode. Oh yeah. Show because then yeah, you like could a mini do, series. Yeah, you could do your action, and then you have plenty of time for your backstory. Mm-hmm. Because these characters really needed some better development. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not faulting Wahlberg's performance or anyone else. Um, they did what they could with what they had. I just hope they got paid a lot. I mean, kinda. I mean, isn't that the whole point? Is you try to find a script that you think is good and you hopefully can land a good payday? Yeah. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I, I think that <laughs> we, I feel like we should have gotten more information on how, instead of just like a crawl at the beginning mm-hmm. telling us about the believers and the nihilists, if we would have gotten like a more substantive mm-hmm. uh, backstory on how it even all came about and yeah. why are we focused on just these two main characters and some of their sidekicks if you will mm-hmm. but yeah um i don't think this is going to get a sequel oh if it, no if it does it'll be direct a VHS in some third world nation. <laughs> and you know how I feel about sequels. Yes, they are your favorite, especially when it's uh ones involving not the same characters. They just reboot them. <laughs> but anyways, um And that's why you should listen to our Space Jam podcast. <laughs> plug. <laughs> <laughs> um well what do you want to say about this film as we wrap this up? If you like action, it's got a lot of action. If you're looking for a really good story that, you know, blows your mind, watch Memento. Oh, yeah, definitely. This would be a great film to pick up in the $5 bargain bin DVDs at the uh, holiday season, you know, when they do their doorbusters. It'd be one of those that you can put in a you know everybody's stocking stuffer type thing it won't come with a digital Someone copy who's going back home far away from you so they don't invite you over to watch it <laughs> right or a really long car ride if you need some material <laughs> to fall asleep to gosh i feel like this might be like the harshest review we've given so far i think it's also next to space jam it, it, yeah, but I also think it's it was one of the for a new film because this is a film that's only been out for a little while. It, it's probably just uh, I don't even have words to say. And again, it, it wasn't because of the performances. It was just one of those where I think I spent more time looking at my phone than I did actually looking up at the screen. It was a lot of background fodder. Um, mm-hmm. on a scale of one to ten special eggs, what are you going to... I knew you were going to do eggs. I should have said it. <laughs> I figured you'd real... do eggs or, right. um, or, uh, lives. Um. Oh, <laughs> past lives? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, could have gone either way. 
You know, I Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes is a little harsh. Um, IMDb is pretty spot on. I might flip that around and give it four and a half eggs. Okay. Well, the thing with Rotten Tomatoes is a lot of it is user driven. Mm-hmm. Where it's not like actual critical driven. I mean, there are critics involved in the process, but most of the time it's because people just jump on it, and pounce on it, and everybody wants to be critical. All right, I'm gonna give it three, three eggs. Yeah, and I'm giving it only three eggs because of the fact that they had some quality star power in it. And they delivered their lines, and they had their special effects, they spent some money on the film. Not sure if they recouped it or not, and that's going to be troublesome for the studio. But, um, not one that I would, uh, rush out and go see it in the theater. So for those that do have Paramount+, Plus, check it out. Feel free to drop us a line at uh, info at bkrpn.com let us know what you think exactly exactly I know it's (laughs) I mean it's it's an okay film if you're if you've already achieved your life goal and if binge watch all of Netflix like most people did in 2020 and there is no new content for you to view it's one to consider Um, otherwise it's like every other film so far that we reviewed This film had so many ups and downs, but it does start off with Mark Wahlberg in bed, which only means one thing, that this whole film Turn it off! Turn it off! (laughs) You've been been listening listening to (laughs) the Red Carpet Cafe, and as usual, I am one of your hosts, Eric Root. And I am your other host, Free Prout. You can find us on the web again because Red Carpet Cafe is a member of the Be Kind Rewind Podcast Network. We are at bkrpn.com. Have a great week, everyone.